Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Jeff Dahl, Senior Pastor of Stockbridge Community Church. I want to say thank you for joining us online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our Sunday services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. If you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply click the Give Online link at the upper right-hand corner in your web browser. And let me say it again, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you today. We're glad that you are here. Uh, We are uh, celebrating 20 years. Uh, Rhonda and I have been the pastors of the church. We're celebrating that. And tonight, I invite you out at 6. We're going to have a big time with that. Today, we're talking about showing gratitude. And I put a comment right on your program that I think is so true, and it says this, gratitude is expressed by saying thank you. That's pretty simple, isn't it? You know, when you, when you don't know what to say, just say thank you. That's pretty simple, and uh, it's, it's just so true. So I'd like to go over four things with you today, I think, that will help us in this area. And listen, today is probably one of the most important uh, lessons you'll ever hear in your life that will help you in life better than anything else. So let's look at, there's, there's four things. The first one I'd like to share is this. Gratitude expressed to God lets hope in. Gratitude is a choice. Would you agree with that? Also, gratitude is not natural. Matter of fact, you have to, we have to be intentional with gratitude. Gratitude... Uh, is also one of the most important aspects of your life as a Christ follower, is learning to say thank you. I would dare to say this today, that when you express thanks to God, when you do that, you let hope in. Your world becomes brighter. You begin, you, matter of fact, you become more of an encouragement to other people when you express gratitude to Almighty God. What, you know, one of the keys that I've found in my life when you become overwhelmed by all that's going on in the world, what do you do? I'll tell you, one of the secrets is this. Is that when you become overwhelmed by the world, it's just the way you combat that is you become overwhelmed with thankfulness to Almighty God. When, you're, when you're, it seems like the world's caving, if you can just somehow begin to go through your mind and just begin to thank God for every time that He's done something in your life, and you know it, then it's amazing how when you're overwhelmed with gratitude, that it, the overwhelmness of the world just sort of passes away. It sort of lets go of you. You see, the Bible says this in Psalms 104. It says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. The Bible tells us that we're commanded to to give God praise. Why? Because when we lift Him up, we get lifted up. Isn't that amazing? When we lift God up, we get lifted up. I would tell you this, that, that gratitude changes your attitude. It just does. When you begin to be grateful, it changes your attitude. And, and one of the things that I would say, expressing thanks back to God The greatest thing that you can do to express thanks back to God is surrender your life to Him. You know, when you you say, God, I want you to come into my life. I want to be a Christ follower. When you say that, and you mean that in your heart, it's the greatest expression of gratitude to God is being a follower. And so today, listen, I don't know where you are in your life, but maybe today you've not made that decision. And so on your program 
there is a prayer that you can pray on your own. You don't have to have me to lead it. You don't have to have anybody else. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to walk down, walk to the front. You don't have to do any of that. The only thing I ask you to do is just if you pray that today and you mean it, that you would just check it on your connection card. Say, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so that we can pray for you as well. The second thing I would say this about gratitude is gratitude is silenced by assumption. Never assume. Never assume the people around you know the feeling of gratitude that you have for them. Never assume that. When my kids were smaller, we would go and on vacation or something, or we'd be, go to their grandparents' house, and it would be a drive. And especially if we were in a car for a couple hours, you know, everybody can just get to chatting, and they can get to arguing. I said, okay, we're going to play a game. Okay, you ready? Yeah, Daddy, we're ready to play a game. It's called the quiet game. That means that nobody's, nobody speaks for a while. We're going to see how long we can be quiet. And it's amazing to me how quickly the silence would be broken. But emotionally today, if we were to say, okay, with my emotions, I'm going to play a game and see which emotion can be silent the longest, I guarantee you that gratitude would win every time. Because, you know, if something happened, anger has a way of rising up, doesn't it? I mean, it has a way of just coming right to the forefront saying, no, you did that to me. No, 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 no. Worry has a way of coming right up to the front, the forefront, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you can let the weather report uh, be bad or something or, or, you know, let something happen that, you know, uh, about a doctor's visit or something and worry comes right up. Shoot, you can have a new mole break out on your arm and go, oh my goodness, you know, is this skin cancer or something? You know what I'm talking about? Worry comes right to the top. And then all, the, you know, and then happiness also when some good things happen. I mean, it just comes right to the top. But the one that, that is lacking, the one that would win is gratitude because gratitude, gratitude that, gratitude that is not expressed is ingratitude. I would say this to you as well is that gratitude, gratitude that is invisible is ingratitude. It's never expressed. Gratitude is never invisible or is never silent. And so today we have to learn to speak up for gratitude. You see, um, the Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 5. He says, rejoice when? Always. Rejoice always. Pray continually. And what's those next two words? Give thanks. Give thanks. That's why you can rejoice. A thankful heart is a heart that's rejoicing. Give thanks in, in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Notice, not for all, but in all circumstances. This is what I've learned in my life. I've learned that a thankful heart is a heart that's healing. Did you hear that? A thankful, a heart of gratitude, a heart that is thankful is a heart that's healing. You know, it's hard to be hateful and grateful at the same time, isn't it? Just can't do it. A heart of gratitude is a heart that's healing. When you begin to say, I'm, I thank you, God. I, I thank you to your spouse. I thank you to, to whomever. And you become a thankful person. Then guess what? Your heart begins to heal. And many of you have issues in your life that you have emotional scars. You know, you have 
have wounds in your heart that's happened, and you're like, you know, it seems like I can't get over this. Well, I'll tell you how you do it. You change the channel. You quit from focusing on that to being thankful for the good people and the good things that's happened in your life. A thankful heart is a heart that is healing. I've noticed something uh, this with Rhonda and I's relationship. I noticed the last couple of years, we just hadn't had as many discussions. I don't know what you call that, but in our house, it's discussions. You know, it could be termed arguments, it could be termed fights, it could be termed whatever you want to say, it could be termed whatever, but in our house, it's discussions. I noticed the last couple of years, we haven't had as many, and so I, just, I know when something like that happens, I want to find out why, and I, so I've just been like, why, why, what, what's happened in our home to where we haven't, you know, went at each other in a while, what, what's going on? You know what I've discovered? Is about two years ago, I made a decision. I asked her, would it be okay if I say a prayer for her every night before we go to sleep? Not a long prayer, just God bless her. That's it. And she agreed. And so we developed this habit. Every night before we go to sleep, you know, I'll reach over and I'll take her hand and then uh, I will say this prayer. You know, God, thank you for Rhonda. Bless her. And she would... And she can do that if she wants to, and she usually replies that way. But you know what that prayer's turned into over the last two years? It's something like this. God, thank you for Rhonda. She's a good lady. And I wouldn't be where I am in my life without her. And I just want you to know, I thank you for her. And God, would you bless her? Amen. And then she replies with something of that nature, but it's turned into gratitude. And hers begins with, God, thank you for Jeff. And so every night, every night in our life, in our marriage, we are expressing thank you. We're saying thank you to God, but each other, we can hear it. And, and so somehow, without planning, I mean, it has come in and calmed the storms. Gratitude. You can't be hateful and grateful. <laughs> And so maybe you want to try that. You say, hey, my marriage needs a little checkup. My, my relationship with someone needs a little... Maybe you want to try just expressing some gratitude. And if you're married, you know what? I would challenge you to try that for 21 days and see what happens. You say, I don't know what to say. If you can say, God bless my wife or God bless my husband, you got, you got a good start. Man, it would just change everything. So here's what I say. Stop assuming Stop assuming, stop assuming that your husband knows, that your wife knows, that your children know how grateful you are for. Stop assuming that, that your boss knows. Stop assuming that your friends know. Stop assuming that your classmates know. Stop assuming your connect group knows. Stop assuming that people know how grateful you are. Express that to them. Stop assuming. Man, you know, let me tell you something. Over 20 years of being the pastor of this church, I've met a lot of great people, a lot of great people. I can tell you I've not met that many bad people. I'll be honest with you, I haven't. Now, I've met people that we've had disagreements and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's just part of life. didn't mean to make them a bad person. just meant that, hey, you know what? We had disagreements. But this is what I want you to know is this. I have met some people that are not as sharp as they should be, though, because I met people that said this, you know what? One guy told me this, said, you know what? I told my wife on the day that we got married, I loved her, and I told her if it ever changed, I'd let her know. You know what you call that person? 
stupid. Flat out stupid. You say, well, if he really meant it, now, I know guys joke, you know, but if he really meant that, he's stupid. Why? Because he's going to be miserable. Why? Because his wife needs to know, I love you. He needs to know she loves him. And the only way that they're ever going to know is that it's expressed. You cannot assume that anyone knows. Man, I, I just did a funeral yesterday, and, and it's amazing that as a pastor of all these 20 years of how many funerals I've done, and I've watched people go over a casket and lean over and say, I want you to know I love you, and they can't hear them anymore. Don't wait till someone dies and try to say it to a corpse. Don't assume they know. Listen, man, you tell those people around you, I want you to know I appreciate you. I am thankful for you. I love you. Don't you wait. My grandmother used to say, honey, don't give me my flowers on my, give me my flowers while I'm alive. Don't bring them to my graveside. You bring them now. I want to smell my flowers now. What she was saying was, if you're thankful, you tell me now. That's pretty good stuff, isn't it? So here's your assignment. I want you to pick up the phone today, or I want you to pick up a pencil and a piece of paper today. I want you to, I want you to say it today. I don't want you to wait to another day. I want you to express gratitude to someone. And maybe you rode in the car with them today. Maybe the best thing you can do is you get out of this, when you leave this church service day and you get in your car, maybe before you even start the engine up, maybe you need to turn to that person. Maybe it's your child. Maybe it's your spouse. I don't know who it is, but maybe you need to turn to that person and say, I appreciate you. And then we'll call 911. <laughs> so on your connection card, would you check this box? says, I will express gratitude to someone today. Will you do that? Stop assuming. Gratitude is expressed by saying thank you. The third thing I'd like to share with you this morning is this. Gratitude begins where your sense of entitlement ends. My friend Brandon Keller taught me this. Entitlement says, you owe me. But gratitude says, thank you. Thank you. Grat Entitlement says, you owe me. But gratitude says, I'm indebted to you. I'm indebted to you. You see, thank you. Thank you very much. The Bible says this. Uh, talking about in the last days in 2 Timothy, Paul writes, he says, in the last days, this is what it's going to look like, the days before Christ comes. It says, you must understand this. In the last days, there will be violent periods of time. People will be selfish and love money. They will brag, be arrogant, and use abusive language. They will curse their parents. And would you read out loud with me those three words that are underlined? You ready? Here we go. Show no gratitude. Here's what I want to tell you. Ingratitude is the spirit of Antichrist. Gratitude is the spirit of Christ. What the Bible is saying is that when the, when, when the more people grow 
cold from Jesus Christ is the more ungrateful they will be. And the more that people draw closer to Christ is the more grateful that they will be. How do I know if, if I'm growing as a believer, as a follower of Christ? Is that the question I could ask myself, am I becoming more grateful or am I becoming more ungrateful? That's the question that we ask. You know what, I hate to pick on this couple because I talked about them last week. It's our grandparents, Adam and Eve. Don't talk about your grandmama right now and your granddaddy. Don't get offended at me. Adam and Eve, think about it with me just a moment. Here they were. God provided this wonderful paradise for them to live in. I mean, there was no sin around. Everything was perfect. It was just fantastic. I mean, you know, the, the, the food would grow. They'd just go and pick the vines. They worked a little garden God gave. It was wonderful. Adam and Eve never had any discussions. Hallelujah. You know, no griping or complaining going on. Ooh, it was wonderful. It was paradise. And then how that we know that the serpent, the devil used the serpent, and he began to tell them, listen, you know what? God's got you out here working in this garden, and, and, and he told you, don't touch that one tree up there. Don't you think you deserve the right? After you? This is your garden. You know, God gave it to you, and that tree's in your garden. Don't you think you have the right to go to that tree and get whatever you want? You are, you, you deserve that tree. What he, what he did was he convinced them of this. In other words, before they viewed the garden as a gift, it was a gift. God, this is a perfect gift from Almighty God. He's given this to us. It's a gift. It was a gift. Oh, thank you, God, for this wonderful place you've given us to live. But all of a sudden, they began to look at one thing and become ungrateful. And they went from a, a sense of gratitude to a sense of entitlement. In other words, I am owed the right to be, uh, have that tree. I'm owed. You owe us, God. And they went from gratitude to entitlement, from, I, from the gift. You've given me a gift to you owe me this. You see how that works? Look at me just a second. Many of you are sitting here right now, and the truth of the matter is, in your life, you've got it pretty good. You've got it. But some of you are eat up so, so much right now with one thing that's going on in your life, one thing that's not right, one thing, one thing. And you know what? You've thrown in the towel because you said, you know what? My life is miserable because of one thing. And I want to tell you, you went from the gift to entitlement. You see, you see what I'm talking about? Is that most of your lives are great with the exception of one thing. And here's the good news. All God's children got problems. You walked in this morning and you probably picked out a couple. You said, man, I, I wish that we were like them. I, no, you don't. You don't know they're on the verge of divorce. You don't know they're on the verge of bankruptcy. You don't know they just lost their car last week. You don't know. See, so you, you move from entitlement to gift is where happiness lives. You can have a perfect place and it'll go away. Like Adam and Eve, it was perfect, right? I mean, man, everything was perfect. And they, they jacked it up. Why? Because they got this, that sense that, hey, you owe me, God. And it messed everything up. You see, um, a couple years ago, I remember getting real busy. As I got busy, you know, I started saying things like this. Man, I'm so busy. I got to do this. I got to do this. And then I have to preach on Sunday. 
I have to preach on Sunday. Are you kidding me? I remember the day that I begged God to let me talk to anybody about Him. I remember the day, I remember the day I would go to the jails every week and I would preach to people there. I wouldn't know good at speaking, but hey, they were locked up. Where could they go? Yes, I got my training with a captive audience. And listen, you know, they would come and listen to me behind bars because, you know, that was better than whatever else they had to do. And so they couldn't go nowhere. I would go and I would preach to people like that. Man, I would go to, to nursing homes and preach to those people that a lot of them, you know, were in another world. But I would go, I'd preach to anywhere, anytime, funerals, you name it, man, call me. I will go, I will go anywhere just to have the opportunity. I get to preach. Okay, if it's a jail, if it's a nursing home, if it's a funeral, it doesn't matter. I get to. I'm ready. Let's go, God. Now, oh, now, 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 now. Whoa. I have to. Are you kidding me? It's a privilege and an opportunity. Of the highlight of my week is getting to come and share encouragement from God's Word to you every week. It's never, ever, ever I have to. I want you to know, I do not view this as a chore every week. It is the highlight of my day. I try to my very best to prepare. I try to study all week to get ready for this one moment. I spend hours. Why? Because it's not I have to. It's I get to talk to the most wonderful people in the whole world and encourage them and then lift them up in God. And if any of our staff, any of our staff says, oh, I, you know, we do a rotation when I'm not going to be speaking, they'll, it'll be one of their turn. And, and if they ever say, I have to preach, I'm like, do you want off the list? You're not going out there talking to my people. God's given me like that. No, sir. If it ever becomes a have to, you're off the list. It's a privilege and an honor to get to talk to you every week. I want you to know that. And see, that's how you know when you move from entitlement, you go from I have to to I get to. That's the privilege and the honor of that. Okay, let's go to number four. Gratitude comes alive with two words. Thank you. Thank you. Colossians 3 and 17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And would you read these last two words out loud? You ready? Giving thanks. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now, this is our memory verse. I want you to memorize that. I want to, there's a next, so the next step on your connection card is will you check the box that you'll do your very best to memorize that because it will help you have the spirit of gratitude. As you're checking that box, I want to ask you a question. I, when I was growing up, my parents taught me two words. I think that, I think the first two word combination that any child learns is these two words. Are you ready for this? I think the first two-word combination that every child learns is, is thank you. I really do. Why? Because when I was little, and my, I would be with my parents, and someone would come up and say, you want a piece of candy? I'm like, yes, I'd take the candy. My parents would look at me and say, what do you say? What do you say? Oh, thank you. Because you're not going to get that candy until you say thank you. you know, you're not opening that wrapper up until you say thank you. 
I learned that if I wanted to enjoy something, I had to learn when they said, what do you say? My cue was, thank you and enjoy, you know? I taught my kids the same thing. Have you ever seen a, a, a mom? We, we try to teach this before kids ever become of a, you know, I've seen moms that have small children that could not even talk. I mean, like, you know, they're five and six months old. They haven't said the first dad, dad, goo, goo, anything yet. But you, you take and you give something to that child. You say, you know, I want them to have this. They can't, they, all they can do is reach up and grab it. They can't say a thing. And the pair will say, what do you say? If you're listening online, that just made some ugly baby faces, all right? They, 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 they can't say anything. But we're teaching them, right? What do you say? You say thank you. You say thank you. What do you say? When God wakes you up in the morning and opens your eyes and privileges you to be alive another day, what do you say? Thank you. When your spouse, who's been faithful to you, you may have had your ups and downs, every marriage does, but what do you say? Thank you. When you go to your job, and maybe your friends have a better job. Maybe you wish you had another job. But that job has provided food for your table. It has helped you raise your children. And it has blessed your family. It's provided. What do you say? Thank you. Thank you. When you've been the pastor for this church for 20 years, let me just tell you a little bit of the story. 1995, we pulled up this little church right here. It's called Forest Park Church of God. 20 years ago, I went to tryout. We had a guy, we had a guy that was about 15 or 20 years my senior that tried out on Sunday morning, and I had already been told by our church officials that this guy's going to be the pastor. You're just the backup plan. So here this 26-year-old went in on Sunday night. Jeff and Angie sitting right there. They were there that day they went in that night, and I, I went in and shared the message. You know what? I preached the same text from the same text that guy did. I preached on the feeding of the 5,000, and so did he. I said, I guess you guys get a good comparison right here. And you know, I, le I left there that night thinking, okay, well, you know what? I know that I'm not going to be the pastor of that church, but guess what? God had another plan. That, that, that Tuesday night, the church come together, they decided they wanted to take a chance on a 26-year-old, and the, the guy that was older decided, he decided on Wednesday that he no longer wanted, to, wanted, wanted his name to be a part of that. And so guess what? I got the call. You're going to be the pastor. What do you say when God does something supernatural like that? I'll tell you what you say. What do you say? You say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. From that point... Two years later, this hyper guy, our church began to grow. We were on 1.1 acres of property. You got to understand, and this was basically a, a church, a house that had been converted to a church, and uh, so we didn't have a lot of room. And so I just said, we got to go somewhere, and we found a sister church that was in Rex, and uh, the pastor there was in his 70s. He's about ready to retire. So we talked about what, would, what could we do. They had a lot of seats, but they didn't have a lot of people. 
And so we said, okay, we want to bring our 120 people and merge it with that 40 people there. And everybody told me, it's suicide. It will never work. You will go down. You will burn in flames. But I was like, you know, I have no other options, so we got to try something. And so we merged that church together, those two churches together. Here I was, 29 years old, a 29-year-old kid now. <laughs> now, when I was 29 years old, I was a man. But now that I'm 47 years old, today, matter of fact, 47 today, thank you very much. I realized I wasn't. And you know what? How do you do that? Because God, what, what do you say when the supernatural power of God comes in and makes things work out? I'll tell you what you say. You say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. From that point there, we moved into Stockbridge Middle School. That was a miracle in itself because we went to a school down here and asked them about coming. No, we don't have churches meeting in our county schools. And I was like, oh, God, I done told all these people we're going to meet in the school. What are we going to do? And now i tell you what I've done over the 20 years that's helped me. And the only thing that I've ever known to do is just pray, pray, pray. Get on your knees, man. That's all I've... You say, how has this church been so successful? I'll tell you why. It's because I've learned how to get on my knees and say, God, I've screwed everything up. You've got to help me. Please help me. One of those mornings I was doing that, God showed me a vision in my mind. I saw the picture of this middle school. And I said, I don't know if this is you or not, God, but I'll go. And went down to that school and said, we need a place to meet for two years while we build a church. And, that, and they opened their arms up to us and allowed us to meet there two years. What do you say when God supernaturally does something? I'll tell you what you say. You say, thank you, God. Thank you. We moved into this building. We moved in it, and it was 2003. By 2004, things had went really bad. Again, I'm a very young man. And so, a lot of things went bad, and financially, we were busted. Some of you have heard me tell this story. We had $8,000 in the bank, and we had a mortgage payment that was due $8,300 the next week. And we had staff and lighting and all this stuff to pay for. And I was given that news by this young lady, Angie, that's sitting right over here. She was my secretary at that time. I knew things were bad, but she said, here where we are this week. She left my office. I closed that door, and I said, God, it's over. I'm done. Well, I'm going to stand right here next week, and I'm going to tell those people, we are done as a church I have failed. God has not. It's me. It's me. And I'm gonna, we're going to sell this building. I'm never going to be a pastor again. I'm still going to be a Christian, but I'm not going to be a pastor again. I'm done, God. I have failed. 30 minutes later, after I prayed that prayer, three men walked into this church, and they, we, they wanted to see the church. I thought we walked into the sanctuary, turned the lights on, and they said, Pastor, we love your church, but we don't want to see that church. Your church. We are here because you own the church. Well, we had the owner financed the Forest Park Church, but they went into bankruptcy and we could never get our money. We had basically written it off. And that guy says, I want you to know something. I am here today to pay you for that property. And the long and short of that is, is that within two weeks, we had $157,000 in our account that God provided. Amen. What do you say when God does supernatural things? You say, thank you, God. 
I see, I wrote me off. You see, what God was trying to tell me, Jeff, when you get to the end of you, I will always show up. I will do the work. And what God was saying, the dream that I put in your heart, the vision that I've given you of reaching thousands of people for my kingdom to change a community, to change the schools, to change the environment of this community, it's alive and it will succeed. It will not die because I, Almighty God, am backing it up. This year at Christmas, I mean Easter, see I'm getting older now, (laughs) at Easter, we had 1,040 people, 1,040 people. If you would have told me in 2004 when I was going through all that junk, when I had written myself off, when I had written this church off, when we would, had already been taken off the map, if, it, if we would have a day of having over a thousand people on this ground, I would have said, no, we've missed it. No, it's not going to happen. But God showed up. And when God shows up, the only response you can give is, thank you. The volunteers that's been a part of this church for all these years. You that show up every week and you serve that makes our church a great church. What do you say? What do you say to people like it? I'll tell you what you say. is You say, thank you. When you get to be the pastor of the greatest people for 20 years, and listen, after 20 years, there is no secrets, is there? You know everything about me. If you don't, you can just Google it and you got it. You know everything about me. You know my my goods, my bads, my uglies. It's all out there. You know it all. And after 20 years, and the people that have have worked with you and and, and are here every Sunday trying to do their best to go in Christ and, and pursue this vision, what do you say when you're the pastor of the greatest church in the world? I'll tell you what you say is I look at you today and I say, thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for 20 years of the best life I possibly could have had. And this is what I also say. I love you. I don't know any other way to be a pastor than to just love you. I'm sorry. I say after 20 years, I love you i'm still love you i love being your pastor i love it i love every day i get up i love it i'm not tired of it i don't want to get rid of it i'm not ready to go anywhere else i've committed another 20 years and i'm saying how about you are you ready to go with me and see what god's going to do in the next 20 years i say i love you and i say thank you god amen amen I'd like for you to stand with me now. Our prayer partners are coming forward.
thank you. What do you say after 20 years? Wonderful people like you. I don't know what everybody else says. But I want to say it one more time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. And I love you. Thank you again so much for joining us online at SCC. I would love to know that you're out there listening and be able to connect with you. If you would, email me at jeffdaws at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S. I pray you have a blessed week and join us again soon.